Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, May 3rd, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta. And joining me at today's podcast is Slash Film Managing Editor Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. And writer Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. It is Friday. Tomorrow is May the 4th. Are either of you doing anything Star Wars related? Uh, not at all. Maybe I'll jump on Twitter and say once again that The Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie and then spend the day getting death threats. That might be fun. Why would you want to ruin your weekend like that, guys? <laughs> um, normally, I'd be doing something. I'm going to an award show for a, a, uh, for magicians, so I am doing nothing Star Wars related. Um, but anyways, for, we have to start off this episode of the podcast with some sad news, something that broke yesterday. And that is that the man behind Chewbacca has died at age 74. Jacob, what do we know? Yes, the family of actor Peter Mayhew released a statement saying that he passed away in his North Texas home on April 30th. And Peter Mayhew is best known for playing Chewbacca. He was working as an orderly in England when they needed a very tall actor to fill in the suit. And George Lucas cast him and he spent the last couple decades returning to the part in movies and playing Chewbacca on TV specials and commercials. And more importantly, 
uh, reprising the part for like charity events and working with other foundations to cheer up sick kids and raise money and generally being a really well-respected person who is kind to his fans, kind to children, and well-liked by his co-stars and by the filmmakers involved in all Star Wars movies. And he wrote books uh, for children about what how it's important to be different and how not to bully each other. He started his own foundation to raise money to get food for families in need. And he generally used his Star Wars fame to put more good into the world than, you know, and leave it a better place than he found it. And the, the, the family did not announce how he died, but he has been battling health issues for a long time. He's had uh, knee surgeries and back surgeries. He had severe pneumonia a few years ago to acquire hospitalization. And he's not stopping well. And the, the thing that made him Chewbacca is his seven foot three inch height. Uh, also, you know, was hard on his body, especially in his later years where he was in a wheelchair and had to pass on the role of Chewbacca to another actor uh, for the final films. And nobody who's met Peter Mayhew at a convention has ever had a negative yeah. thing to say about him. Uh, Peter, I, I feel like even che even Chewbacca, even though he's not saying words, there's so much character in his performance. Like Chewbacca is so defined by his head tilts and the way he carries himself and that we can't undervalue what Mayhew brought to this part. Yeah, he's such an iconic uh, role in these films. And you mentioned, like, the conventions. I would see him at almost every convention. And, and like, that, um, you know, that row with all the people from Battlestar Galactica and stuff. And he seemed genuinely one of the few people in that row that, like, wasn't just there for the money and was enjoying the interaction with all the fans. And I know he wasn't a part of the last two Star Wars films. Uh, he was replaced uh well i mean i guess he was partially replaced in force awakens uh for some of the more um more mobile sequences so anytime you see him sitting down in that movie that is peter mayhew um but in last jedi he was not in it because he you know was not well enough to do it and uh you know it, it's sad uh i do know i mean peter mayhew <laughs> we had a hard time finding photos for this article that we wrote up on the site because he's such a tall guy that everybody wants to shoot him in vertical. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you want to do that and that doesn't work for our site, which needs horizontal images and almost every photo of him on set of the star Wars films that has his mask off. He's like holding a cigarette in his hand. This is a guy that smoked like a chimney. And, uh, I mean, he, he lived 74. That's, that's not bad. Chris, do you uh, have any thoughts on the passing of Peter Mayhew? Uh, I was unaware of all that uh, charity work that Jacob mentioned. So that's that's touching to hear. I actually had no knowledge of that. So it's pretty amazing that he, he did all that stuff in his his lifetime. And, you know, obviously it's always it's always sad when someone uh, iconic passes away. But, you know, 75 is, is a good a good run. You know, obviously he could always live longer, but at least it seems like he did have a full good life which is more than some people can say yeah for sure and i i know we also have an article on the site that rounds up all the kind words from his co-stars from the star wars films including harrison ford mark hamill george lucas and more jj uh, abrams i'll link that in the show notes if you want to read that uh but we must move on uh let's talk about john wick chapter three the first early buzz hit the web including your own ht Chris, you did a roundup. Are, is this movie as good as Chapter 1 and Chapter 2? Apparently so. I could not find a single negative uh, reaction. Um, in fairness, the film has 
not screened for everyone yet. Like for instance, I haven't seen it. A lot of critics I know actually haven't seen it. There were some very early screenings for um, junket coverage. So that might explain why there's so few negative coverage at this moment, but literally every review I found, or not review, every tweet I could find last night was not just positive, but overwhelmingly positive. Everyone says, you know, the action is even better. The mythology is, is even better. Um, there were a few people who said that it's not as good as part two, but it's more entertaining. You know, if you want to make sense of that, but yeah, there's, there's not a single negative review I could find. Um, you know, again, that might change once more critics see it, but as of now, it looks like John wick chapter three is definitely going to deliver. If you're a fan of this franchise, which I feel like, Everyone is. I don't think I've ever met someone who doesn't like this franchise at least a little. Yeah. The, the only time that they are not a fan of this franchise is if they haven't seen the movie. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or they're a dog lover and don't want to see the movie. I, Chris, I know you have a problem with animal uh, deaths on screen. Was there ever a hesitation of not seeing John Wick? Uh, I did. I did have reservations, but I, I sucked it up and saw it. Um. I will admit that anytime I rewatch the first movie, I fast forward the dog death scene just because I can't, I can't do it. You know, once was enough for me. You know, I don't have a problem with John Wick murdering <laughs> millions of people, but the minute a dog dies, I can't take it. So uh, whenever I rewatch part one, I, I fast forward that scene. And thankfully, they have they haven't killed any dogs since. And uh, I guess this is sort of a spoiler, but HT. Our own HD who saw the film confirmed to us that there are no dog deaths in part three. So we're safe on that front. I'm safe going into that. Instead, we're going to get dogs actually killing humans in this movie. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, that's I'm a okay with that. Just don't kill the dogs. Jacob, are you more excited for this film now? Oh, I am thrilled. Uh, I've been on the record about my feelings on John Wick many times. And uh, I, I, I do agree that it's hard to watch that puppy die in part one, <laughs> but I also think that John Wick is one of the very few movies that even does it in an outlandish way to actually have a sincere emotional reaction to a dog death and actually treat it with weight as opposed to it being an example of how scary something is. So um, knowing that Halle Berry's character in the new movie has a couple of dogs who apparently are trained stunt dogs who bite lots of bad guys to death. Uh, the dogs get their revenge this time. And I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about uh, Willow. We, you know, when I talked to Ron Howard for Solo Star Wars Story, he told me that something was in development. It seemed like he was not involved. Now we have learned more. It seems like it's a sequel TV series, and it, he might actually be involved. Jacob, what do we know? Uh, yeah, uh, Howard was on an interview on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, and he talked about the uh, Willow series that's apparently being pitched to Disney+. Plus. And even though Howard in the past, as you said, has not been connected to it, he seems to know a lot about what's going on. Uh, so I'll read a little bit of his quote here. He says, uh, there are some really serious discussions going on with John Kasdan, who was one of the writers of Solo, who kept hounding me about Willow the whole time we were shooting, and also hounding Kathleen Kennedy. We are in discussions about developing a Willow television show for, for Disney+. And although there are no actual plot details, it's suggested this will be a continuation of the movie, taking place decades later and following Warwick Davis's Willow uh, you know, on a new adventure 30 years after he rescued a baby and maybe that baby will be grown up. And the fact that I'm saying a baby here and not much details suggests that I have not seen Willow in quite some time. And that, that's true. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So, Peter, do you have strong feelings on Willow? Is this a universe you want to revisit? Because I know at the time 
it wasn't a big hit. People didn't react to it like much at all in the 80s, but I feel like it's gotten a following since then. I remember loving it as a kid, but I was also in love with everything that George Lucas did or was, in, you know, Lucasfilm was involved in back then. Uh, I haven't watched it in many years. I'm guessing it probably doesn't hold up. I would like to see them doing this. I mean, it seems like this is the take that uh, Warwick Davis is going to be part of it, but probably this is going to be more of a legacy equal where he like takes a backseat and it's maybe about, you know, that grown up baby now or or his kid or something like that. Uh, I haven't seen it in years, but I, I do remember liking it when I was a kid. Um, uh, it's one of those things that I always just, when I was very young, I thought it had something to do with The Hobbit because it's pretty much, you know, a ripoff of The Hobbit. And I think it was like, not till I got older that I realized they were like separate things. But I do remember when I was a kid, I did enjoy it. I remember there being this huge uh, cardboard standee for the movie in my local VHS store. And it was there for years, even well after the movie came out. And I would always just stare at it every time I went to the VHS store. And that's how old I am. Do you think there's any chance of having Val Kilmer reprise his role as Mad Mardigan? Uh, he was like a swordsman in this. And uh, it's kind of a crazy role. Do, do you think there's any chance that Disney could convince him to be in this TV series? I think Kilmer would be game, but I know he's also been ill in recent years, which is a shame. So I would yeah. I would hope they could get him back. I, would love, I think that late period of Al Kilmer has been an untapped, you know, uh, fountain of potential that a lot of films have not made full use of. Uh, but I'm just hoping that he gets to act at all, continuing because of recent health scares. So fingers crossed that we get to see him at all in this. Okay, from Disney streaming service to another streaming service, YouTube Premium, YouTube has announced that they have ordered a season three of Cobra Kai, which makes me excited. Chris, what do we know? Yes, Cobra Kai, the only show Peter watches, has just been renewed for a third season on uh, YouTube. Um, And it's clearly their biggest hit. You know, YouTube was trying to get in on the streaming game with, uh, first it was called YouTube Red, and they changed it to YouTube Premium. And they had all these these shows, and then they, they pretty much canceled almost all of them. Um, and not only are they giving Cobra Kai a third season, they're also making the decision to make YouTube premium free with ads now. So instead of having to subscribe to it, you'll be able to watch it just with commercials. And it really just seems like other than Cobra Kai, this this YouTube premium experiment has been a bit of a failure. But at least at least uh, fans got this out of it, because like Peter, people seem to really like the show. What I think is exciting here is this series – I mean, I, I, I've said on this podcast before, it was one of my two favorite pieces of content that I watched last year in, in all of movies and TV. And I am – season two is not as good as season one, but it's still very good. And I'm excited that now YouTube Premium's like original content is going to become free for everybody to enjoy. And maybe some of the other Slash Home staff will finally – get a chance to check out Cobra Kai and and verify that I'm not nuts and that the show is actually pretty good. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Stranger things have happened. I still haven't seen the movie. So I have have to watch the Karate Kid movie first. You know, yeah. Chris, I, I watched Karate Kid a few, maybe six months ago for the first time, th- thinking it would be like a hokey thing that maybe I'd enjoy like as a guilty pleasure. But I was surprised. It's actually a genuinely good movie. Uh, so I think it, it holds up. I think it's streamed on Amazon Prime. At least it was when I watched it. Is it as good as the movie Sidekicks with Jonathan Brandis and Chuck Norris? Because I've seen that. 
<laughs> uh, I'd say it's about half as good as that, Chris. <laughs> okay. I don't know. There's Pat Morita was actually nominated for Academy Award for Karate Kid. A lot of people like forget that. Like it actually. What are you gonna say, Jacob? It's a good performance. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, hopefully people will be jumping on the Cobra Kai bandwagon as it moves into its third season. Let's talk about something that's kind of unprecedented. I don't think I can think of another occurrence of this ever happening. But uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the trailer came out. Fans were upset over the look of Sonic in this trailer. And I guess the director, because of that, has decided – the director in the studio has decided to appease the fans and redesign Sonic. Jacob, what do we know? Yeah, this is a deeply odd story. It broke late yesterday as we were all trying to leave work. <laughs> uh, but Jeff Fowler, the uh, director of Sonic the Hedgehog, tweeted – Thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making the character the best he can be. And if you were on Twitter since that Sonic trailer uh, arrived, you saw all the memes. You saw all of the people like freaking out about how weird Sonic looks. Like his sneakers are like regular looking sneakers. They're like the size they are in a game, which is... um. You know, like a little too big in a cute way. He no longer has like those like iconic white gloves. He now has white fur in his hands. His like large cartoon eyes have become these beady human eyes. He has weird human teeth, and he he looks genuinely unpleasant. Like looking at him is a nightmare. It's a bad design, and I don't know where design came from. I'm not going to pretend to know what concessions were made who pushed what to make this character design go through, but it doesn't doesn't look like Sonic. It looks like a genuinely unpleasant, like, you know how when they say, like, here's an artist drawing what Homer Simpson would look like in real life, and it's really gross looking? That's what the Sonic looked like. And apparently they're going to have to start paying love over time to visual effects artists because they're going to be redoing it uh, completely for the movie. And I'm not a big Sonic fan, but in in the uh, book Console Wars, which I've talked about on this uh, podcast before, there's an entire chapter dedicated to how Sega of America helped redesign the Sonic character when that game was coming out for Sega Genesis in the early 90s and how they looked to Mickey Mouse as an inspiration for how to design an appealing animal character. And the thing is, all the changes that they emphasize in that book for, like, how important it is for Sonic to look to, like, grab people's hearts are things that were jettisoned for this redesign. So I think a back-to-the-basics approach is necessary to make sure Sonic doesn't creep people out. But what do you guys think? I mean... They took all the style out of him. Like he, like they took like that kind of anime inspired, like the legs and everything, and he just looks like they were like, we need Sonic to look like he exists in this reality. And you know what? I don't think people care about that. It, it, it's sad that all these visual effects people are gonna, all these animators are gonna, you know, not see their families <laughs> and be working overtime to fix this. And there's no way this movie is going to be good. Like, it looks horrible. Chris, do you have any thoughts? It's uh, just the fact that this is happening at all is crazy that, you know, I can't even imagine how much money Paramount is dropping just to get this quote unquote right. And uh, it should have never gotten this far to begin with. I mean, uh, you know, whatever you think of, I haven't seen it yet. Whatever you think of the movie Detective Pikachu, like based on the trailers and the footage we've seen of that, that's how you should be doing that sort of design. If you have to bring an, uh, a, a video game character to life, just look at that film because it looks 
right. Like, it doesn't look real, but it looks right. That's like the best way I can describe it. And this Sonic film does not look like that. It just looks really, first of all, it looks really cheap to begin with. Like, it looks like they spent no money on this, which I know is not true. So I don't know what's up with that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, sure, they can make Sonic look better, but I really don't think that's going to fix the movie based on the trailer, which just looks really bad. So maybe they should spend more money on the script. I don't know. (laughs) How much fan outrage is it going to take for them to have to fix Jim Carrey's performance as Dr. Robotnik? (laughs) I don't know. uh, With all due respect to Sonic fans, Sonic fandom is deeply bizarre and deeply committed to a character who has not had a good game in about 20 years. Uh, so I don't know. Like I was, this, this outrage over the Sonic design um, did not did not surprise me. But I'll say the lack of outrage over Jim Carrey dominating that trailer by acting like it's 1998 again uh, did surprise me. So who knows? And what happens like what happens if they unveil the design and everyone hates the redesign? Are they gonna like do it again? <laughs> like uh oh, like I, how how far is this gonna go? I almost want like this to just keep going on. Like all right, we're gonna redo it again. They just keep redoing it and the movie never comes out this is also a very dangerous door to open because once this happens with one film property like fans now think that this is something that's possible with anything did i mean uh they they already believe that they can sign a petition and get them to remake the last jedi with (laughs) (laughs) so i mean now now i guess those people are justified in some way oh god that's Oh, man, I, I, upsetting, I, yeah. At least Last Jedi was divisive. I, I feel like every single person in the world, Sonic fan or not, looked at the new design yeah. and cringed. So um, it just makes me wonder what conversations were happening behind the scenes because it's easy to laugh off the Last Jedi petition because it's so stupid. But the reaction was universal on Sonic. And I, like I said, even even my wife, who's never played, who like hasn't played a Sonic game since the 90s, I showed her the picture and she like, gagged when she saw it it was very upset by it it's just weird because i i'm wondering like you know film is an art and i understand it's also a business they're not making a sonic movie a sonic live action movie uh, for the art of it they're there to make money but at what point does it become where when the art the artist is changing his vision of the movie to appease fans so like when, when like it just feels like that's just gonna muffle it's just gonna become less of a distinct vision here like like imagine if remember i, I remember when the, the first photos of the x-men brian singer's x-men got leaked online on any cool news and fans threw a hissy fit over that imagine if Brian Singer was like, okay, we're going to go back and reshoot this with, you know, more traditional design. Like, it just feels like that would generally lead to a worse movie. Yeah, like, I don't I don't see this becoming the norm. Um, like, a, a great recent example is I remember when they showed, they released the first images of the, the new Pennywise from It. Almost everyone was like, oh, that looks terrible. And then it turned out, to be great in context of the movie, like everyone ended up loving it. So there has to be some give or take here. That said, the Sonic design was actually scarier than the Pennywise design. So I really don't know. I don't know where that line is. Let's move on to Mission Impossible. Writer and director Christopher McQuarrie recently made some comments about the upcoming Mission Impossible 7 and 8. He says that those films need to, quote, swallow the last three movies whole. Chris, you wrote this up for the site. What what does that even mean? 
Yeah. Um, Christopher McQuarrie did an interview with Empire. And it, it, that quote basically boils down to him. He's starting to, he says, um, uh, let me find the quote here. Uh, the actual quote is, I'm freaked out now. So what he what he's saying here is, he, you know, it's dawning on him that he's he has this very daunting task now because he, he's been involved with the last three Mission Impossible movies. Uh, each film, you know, progressively gets crazier and more exciting and more thrilling. And now not only is he making the next film, he's making the next two films back to back. And it's sort of dawning on him that he has to, you know, really top himself. He has to top what he's done three times in a row here now and make something even bigger and crazier and do it twice. And so it, it just sounds like he's having like an existential crisis, basically, where it's dawning on him that this is going to be a very daunting task. But uh, I have faith in him just because. I think he's a great writer. He's a really good filmmaker. And if anyone can, can do this, uh, I'm pretty sure it's him. How do you do this though? Like I feel like Tom Cruise or more likely the, the character Ethan Hunt has to die. No, how would, no, don't even say such things, Peter. I'm upset. You would even suggest that only if he comes back from the dead. That's like, he should die at the end of mission impossible seven. So they're going to pull an infinity war. Uh, yeah, they should, yeah, exactly. And then he comes back somehow in eight. That's the only thing I'll accept. Chris, what if the last shot of Mission Impossible 7 is Ethan Hunt falling to his death and we see his body in the pavement and the opening shot of the of, of eight are the paddles hitting his chest and him waking up and getting into a fight? Exactly. That'd be great. They don't even need like, to explain it that much. Just like, oh, he's back. And I'd be like, this is great. I love these movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they can do in these last two movies. I feel like they've, done almost everything and i don't know what kind of stunt tom cruise can put himself in that is going to top everything he's done in this franchise thus far uh, jacob do you have any thoughts uh I, my, my original joke was of course go to space you know give elon musk a couple million bucks to put tom cruise on a rocket uh but i think he actually is it i think chris mccord actually shoots down space like even jokingly in, in this article so i don't know i i, I just feel like you gotta just find another tall building um, handcuff Tom Cruise's feet to his legs, throw him off, and hope he survives. Hmm. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> one last story. Uh, let's talk about Cinemia. This is something... I, I, I was at an Avengers Endgame screening on Thursday night, uh, leaving that screening with someone who had paid for a year subscription to Cinemia, and I had to inform them that the service had officially faltered, had officially shut down. Cinemia is dead while somehow MoviePass lives on. Chris, what do we know? Yeah, we all thought at this point that MoviePass would be gone, but somehow MoviePass still uh, clings to life support, whereas Cinemia has flatlined. Um, there, there's been rumblings that this was going to happen for a few weeks now. Uh, you know, they've been in Cinemia has been in legal trouble because there's a class action lawsuit against them about bumping up their prices, uh, unwarned. Um, and uh, they seem to have had the same problem that MoviePass had and that they couldn't find a way to make this movie subscription service profitable. And, uh, it's at the point now where they, they've just fully pulled the plug. They're not even trying anymore. And the, the days of Cinemia are gone. Uh, that said, you know, there is still room for the movie subscription service um, business. Um, the, the AMC's A-list 
is doing really well. Uh, the draft house is going to come out with their own. So there's some sort of secret formula that some people have figured out to make this work, but people like Cinemia and movie pass, uh, can't quite nail it down. Even though again, movie pass is still around in, in a, a shadow of its former self. Yeah. I think, I think that secret formula is having the cooperation of the movie theater exhibitors. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Yeah, that 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 would definitely help. Jacob, any any thoughts on Cinemia? Cinemia uh, still sounds like a skin condition. <laughs> okay, we're gonna end it there. Jacob, we're gonna find more of your work online. Uh, Slashfilm.com every single day, and if you like Game of Thrones, we have a big week of Game of Thrones coverage for you next week. So uh, buckle down; it'll be very exciting. Chris, where can we find you? Uh, slashfilm.com every day and I'm on Twitter at Evangelista 413 you can find me at Slashfilm on all social media you can find all the stories we talked about today on Slashfilm.com and linked in the show notes Slashfilm Daily is published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify all the popular podcast apps please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at Slashfilm.com and please go and rate and review this podcast on iTunes tell your friends, spread the word and we will see you on Monday